We are going to be learning to Sichis, Chelek Tazvav, third Sicha for Parshus Nayach. And this Sicha will be talking about the concept of a guy resting on Shabbos. And we're also mostly going to be discussing Indian Chassidus, which is the idea of Shabbos and uh, the idea of working Api Chassidus. So the Gemara, the this week, end of this week's parsha tells us that after the Mabel, Hashem makes a bris with Nayach, never to, again to bring a Mabel on the earth. And he says, that day and night will never rest. And he continues how the seasons will never cease. So there will be a constant, the, 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 the nature will constantly be uh, working properly. It will never stop. So the Gemara learns from this. The Gemara says on this Pasuk, that an akum, a goy, that Shashabas is going to be high. He says, Shanam, because it says in the Pasuk, Yem Valayla Yishbaisin. Amar Azar Shalahem Zimisasim. When it says, Yem Valayla, you shall not rest, you shall not rest is actually a command which is on um, people, on Bnei Daech, and they are not allowed to rest. And Ravina and the rule is that by a goy, they don't need to have a warning plus a specific punishment which is mentioned in the Torah. Rather, soon the warning itself is all that they get, and then the punishment will be Misa. And the Pashtas, uh, Misa over here, does not mean Misa Kapshuta, that Bezdin would kill them. Uh, it rather means some type of Misa Midashamayim. That's the fire how the Rambam learns it. And then the Gemara continues that Amar Ravina, that this is a Filu Sheni Bishabbos, that this rule of not resting applies even on a Sheni Bishabbos. Rashi explains, what does Ravina mean even Sheni Bishabbos? So he tells us that this, that they're not allowed to rest, doesn't mean specifically they can't observe the Shabbos. But it means they're not allowed to make any type of rest is asr for them. They're not allowed to cease from working. Even a day which is not a bar shavisa, I mean, it doesn't have to be a Shabbos or a Sunday, which is a day of rest for the night. Any day that they stop because they want a day of rest, a day of not working, that is something which is prohibited from, from them. Uh, the Mizrahi, uh, and which also brought in Masha explained what, what's the vort over here to explain that the idea of Shavisa it always refers to a individual that ceases to do work like a, let's say a worker that ceases to work he's Shavis from the work that he does but you don't use the expression Shavisa on the act itself that the act ceased the Shavisa is the one who's doing an act will rest from working but you don't say that the work itself rested Right? The person rests from doing work, not that the work rested. So over here, when it's talking about the seasons, it says the seasons will, won't rest. It doesn't fit so well with that Lushan. should have said that they won't stop uh, or they won't be in this battle. But to say the Lushan of Shavisa, Shavisa doesn't go on the work itself. It goes on he who is causing the work to be done. Therefore, the Layushpaisu, they darshan that Layushpaisu is going on B'nai Nayach, that the B'nai themselves, Layushpaisu, it's a command for them that they are not allowed to rest. Uh, it should be pointed out, I use the word command, but technically it's it's not a command, it was actually a negation. Selashan of Shlila, day and night will not rest, which is saying a statement that it will not rest. But already implied in that statement that it will not rest, that means that you're not allowed to rest. Right? So Hashem's saying that it's not gonna rest, and then you do rest, and you're going against what Hashem wants. So implied within that statement of the Shlila, of this will not happen, is implied also a command that of course you cannot you know, make it happen. 
So that's how Rashi learns this Gemara. The Rambam disagrees. The Rambam learns in the ninth parak of Hilchos Malachim like this. The Rambam says that the Isser of Shavisu by Neyach is not because of Menuchah Ba'ama, rather it's because of We do not allow them to create a new religion and to make up mitzvahs on their own. Therefore, an Akim, that's Shabbos, even any day of the week, he'll be Chayav Misa. And this is only when he makes it, uh, makes it in, a, in a way like a Shabbos, meaning it's a, it's a, it's a holy day. It's a day of rest. And make, he's, he's resting as a sake of a, of, for a spiritual reason. It's a day of rest between him and Hashem, similar to what a Yid does. So according to the Rambam, it's a different reason. Rashi, it seems like it's idea of resting. According to the Rambam, there's a specific reason. It's because there being Mechadish Das. So according to the Rambam, it's a little bit hard to understand the connection between the Pashup shot of the Pasuk and uh, the Isser. Because the Pashup shot of the Pasuk is talking to the seasons, the seasons and all that stuff. According to Rashi, it, the connection is clear. Just like the seasons cannot stop doing work, also a regular person is also not allowed to stop doing any type of work. It's not allowed to rest. But according to the Rambam, it doesn't fit so well into the Pshutah because the Pshutah is talking about the seasons. And over here we're saying that a Goy is not allowed to rest because he's not allowed to make a new religion. So that's nothing to do with the Pshutah of, of the seasons are not allowed to rest, to, to the Goy not allowed to rest for a totally different issue of making a uh, type of new religion. And we'll get back to that later on in the Sicha. There's also a third approach uh, that we see, and this is from the Medrash. So the Medrash tells us, this is actually the Medrash Rabbin Parshish Veshalach. So when it's talking about the Hashem giving, Hashem is going to give the month to the, the Jewish people, tells them how it's only going to come on, on Friday and not on Shabbos, and you're not allowed to collect on Shabbos, except for all the rules there. It says, You shall see that Hashem has given you the Shabbos. So the Medrash says, Lechem is given to you, but not to Hagai. So Makam Amru, that Imiyavo Akum Bishm with the Shabbos, Loy Daim Sha Imakam Sakhar, El Shahayava Misa. So from here we learn that if a goy comes to uh, to fill the Shabbos, not only will he get reward for doing a mitzvah, but rather he'll be Chayav Misa because it's only given to the Jewish people. Shnamra, as it says in the Pasik, but Yoin Balai Lai Fais, and he quotes the Pasik from Layah, that you're not allowed to rest. So from our Pasik, it's saying the Pashtus. You could learn it to say that you can learn to mean that it's given to the Jewish people and it's not a mitzvah to the guy. But maybe you could think, okay, but maybe they can do it if they want to on their own. So he brings the Pasik, no, that they're not allowed to rest. And another Pasik, this is between me and the Jewish people as an ois. And he gives a mashal of Malach Yeshev, Umatuna, but Yeshev is Kanedla, Ibn Chayim. And this is a marshal, the king, and there's the queen sitting next to him, and then someone passes in between them, um, that individual will be chayat. It's considered a big chutzpah that he's going in between them. And so this medrash is also brought in Dvarim Rabbah, and over there it also mentions that it's in a little more details that the king and the queen are actually talking with each other, and this person comes in between them. Fine. So according to the medrash, it, it's, it's, it's more similar to the Rambam, in the sense that it's not just a minucha ba'alma, but it's making a day of Shabbos. You're not allowed to make a day of Shabbos. It's a different reason than the Raman. The Raman's reason is because you're not allowed to make an Adas Chadash. According to the Medrash, the reasoning is because this is an ice between Hashem and the Jewish people. This is like the king and the queen. This is the day that they're sitting together and you're, you're disturbing them. You're coming in between them. This is a private occasion and you're disturbing. 
So it has to do with the specialness of the uh, of, of the occasion. That's what the issue is. That's why a guy is not allowed to uh, get involved. Um, it should be pointed out that possibly you could learn the Medrash. The Medrash says that it's given to you, right? That Shabbos is given to the Jewish people. Lachem, no, it's given to you and not for the Akum. So maybe you could you some learn that it means specifically the Shabbos. The Hashem gave you the Shabbos and not the other days of the week. And the Medrash is actually arguing on the Gemara because the Gemara says any day of the week as Ravina said, while from the Medrash it's Mashra, the Hashem gave specifically the Shabbos to the Jewish people because that's a special occasion. This is a special unity that Hashem and the Jewish people have, which of course would only apply on Shabbos. But if a guy wants to make a Shabbos on a Tuesday or Wednesday, that has nothing to do with the ice, which is between Hashem and the Jewish people. But... Um, that's not necessarily true. Uh, rather, what the Medrash would mean is that you're not allowed to make a day, any day which is like a day of Shabbos, a day which, like a Yoy Manucha, a day which is like Shabbos, because this concept of, of a Yoy Shabbos is something special that the Hashem and the Jewish people have. So the concept of Shabbos is something which they're prohibited because they're getting involved in something which has nothing to do with them. This is a special concept which is just reserved for Hashem and the Jewish people. And that's also Meduik in the Medrash, because the Medrash says Mikan Amru. From here we say Mikan Amru um, that Mikan Amru that the Im Yavo Akmish was a Shabbos, Yiladam Sha'inam Nechab Sakhar. So what does it mean Mikan Amru? From here it said. So Mikan Amru it sounds like it's who's the Amru? They said. Who's the they that said? So the Mufarshim say Mikan Amru goes on the Gemara in Sanhedrin, that's what I quoted earlier. Um, which is the source of Yom Velay Leish and the whole thing of Aravina. So from the Mashmais of the Medrash is that it's quoting from somewhere else. Mekan Amru from somewhere else. What would that somewhere else be? That would be the Gemara. So Ibezai, it seems like it would refer to any days of the week. And of course, we have a general idea of Leila Fusha Machlekes. There's no reason to add a Machlekes in. So the Pashas, according to you know, Rashi, Rat, the Gemara, and the Medrash Rabbah, it would be us or all seven days of the week. So these are the three approaches of why an akum, or exactly what exactly is the gather of a guy that's not allowed to be shaykhs for Shabbos. But what we need to understand is, why exactly is a guy not allowed to rest on the Shabbos? L'chaira, first of all, the tzad the bri itself, the bri, it's something which is part of the natural world in a sense. Hashem created the world for six days, and on the seventh day he rested. So the world itself had a day of rest. As we see, it's, uh, even there's a famous Gemara, also in Sanhedrin, regarding the Sambatyon, that famous river that shoots rocks all the days of the week. One side of the river is where the ten tribes were uh, sent to. It says there's rocks being shot out through this river, and it rests on the Shabbos day. So we see it has a effect on the Bri itself. So this is connected to the idea of Bria. So it should be connected to a guy. So why would a guy not be allowed to do it? The Oydraiser is, is, is Shaila, is that the whole point of Shabbos, is the, is, is, as the Chinuch says, is the Kavoya Benachshesenu, the Amunus Chidush It's to be Kavoya within us the belief that Hashem created the world. Right? That the world is not something, it's not, it's not something that always was. It's not Kavan, something which always was. Rather, Hashem created the world. So, according to that logic, why would a, a Goy also needs to believe in Hashem? So why would a guy be prohibited from doing Shabbos? We know in general, a guy is allowed to do most of the most of the mitzvahs of the Torah. The only two he's not allowed to do is Shabbos and um, 
Shabbos and learning Torah. But all the other mitzvahs he's allowed to do, he's allowed to put on tefillin. He just can't say that I'm putting on tefillin inside my, you know, because I'm making my own religion of putting on tefillin. But he says the Torah says to put on tefillin, and I want to do this. I know I'm not commanded, but I wanted to put on tefillin as, uh, you know, a command of Hashem. So Goy is allowed to do um, mitzvahs like that, according to at least many paiskim. Uh, that brings it down at the end of the Sikh and the Aris, the sources for that. But Shabbos, he cannot, and also Tamatari, he's not allowed to. So here we're focused on Shabbos. The question is, why not? Shabbos seems to be something which is very, very relevant even to Agai. Agai also needs to have that belief of, of, of Chidosh Ha'elam and, and that Hashem created the world. So why would he be prohibited to do such a mitzvah? Like, why, why is Shabbos, you know, according to the Medrash, that's saying it's an ice, why is Shabbos the ice between Hashem and the Jewish people? This seems to be something which is relevant, really, to everybody. According to Rashi, it's, why can't they have a Yoy Menucha? I mean, maybe Yoy Menucha in general, not, but why, at least on Shabbos, they should be able to be able to do it. Um, so, the Mephorshim do give, Deborah doesn't bring these, uh, bring some of them in the Aris, but he doesn't bring them specifically as answers, but there are some Mephorshim that give explanations of why Yema Shabbos is an ice and it should be also for a guy. So one of them is Marsha. Uh, on that Gemara. So the Marsha tells us that these two mitzvahs in Shabbos and Torah, um, Torah is called Akala. I mean, Torah is called that this is that we're engaged, that the Baimat and Torah became engaged to Hashem. The Torah is what was given to us as an engagement. And Shabbos is called Boyikala Boyikala. Shabbos is called like uh, the day of uh, the, the, the queen. So this is something. So in other words, Shabbos is the idea of uh, that that it, it's it's the concept of Akala, and while Torah is the idea of of uh, someone who's a naira, um, someone who's engaged, muras, and he explains why. What what's the connection? He says, because Tyra, most people don't, uh, nobody, what's, what's the idea of an Arusa? The idea of an Arusa is that she's engaged, but she's, but she's not married yet. She's in the first stage. So she's also to the whole world, but the, and she's designated to the husband, but she's not actually by the husband yet. She's still at her father's home for one year. That's usually, that's how it used to work. They would stay there for a year. So she's at her father's home for an entire, so she's also to everybody, but she's still not miyuchid with the husband. Is that, that's like the idea of Tyra, that it was also for the rest of the world. On the other hand, even the Yidin who are learning the Taira, most people don't learn Taira in depth, and you know, as the Mashal explained. So therefore, it's almost like it's 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 left at her father's home. That's why the Torah is compared to an Arusa. He says Shabbos is called the Kala because everyone, of course, keeps the Shabbos, but no, most people don't keep it properly, like completely, as it says in the Gemara that in Mala Yisrael, where we're, we're, we're to keep two Shabbosays. Mashiach would have come already. So that means that we're not keeping the Shabbos properly. So therefore, it's like a kala. The kala is that she already had the chuppah. She's already with her husband, like the kala who's in the chuppah. But she hasn't actually finished, you know, hasn't been uh, finished the marriage. There isn't yet the yichudru in actual living and sleeping with her. So that's what the Masha says, that these two mitzvahs, in a sense, were given to the Jewish people in a way of, uh, of an arusa, that, that this is an engagement, and the idea of a kala. Therefore, it's specifically to the Jewish people. The 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 Panimiyafis tells us no, it wasn't the Panimiyafis it was the Feitayar he says that the purpose of 
Shabbos is to remind us, A, of course, that Hashem created the world in six days. It's also to remind us of the idea of Yomaisa Mashiach. So he says, when a person rests on Shabbos, but he's not doing it for that purpose, to, 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 to show that he's, he's resting for the sake of Hashem, He's, sake, he's resting for the sake to show that he believes in the Chiddush Oila, uh, he believes in the Indian of Allah Salavai, then it's like a chutzpah, meaning it's that this is a thing which is an ice, this is a symbol between Hashem and the Jewish people about the Chiddush Oila and, and how the, uh, eventually there's going to be a Geulah Lasida. So when you're gonna, just going to watch it, and you're just going to rest on the Shabbos, but it's not for the purpose of what it's meant for, that's considered a chutzpah. Those are the answers that they give. But even according to their answers that they're given, it, it's still not understood the main point. The question still is, according to the Marsha, why was Shabbos given specifically in a way of a kala? That it's only for the Jewish people like a kala. Well, this is something which is shaykh to everybody. So why dafka to the Jewish people? And according to the other interpretation, it would, these concepts seems like they're also shaykh to a guy. That the guy should have to keep the Shabbos. Yes, it, if he keeps the Shabbos for the wrong reason, then maybe he should be Chayadisa. But if a guy keeps the Shabbos for the right reason, he believes in Chidosh he believes in Yemais Mashiach, then why couldn't he keep the Shabbos? And according to at least most Poiskin, we know that a guy, even if he's keeping it for the proper reason, he's not allowed to. Therefore, a, a ger, someone who's preparing to become a ger, even though he would keep the Shabbos for the proper reasons, it's not allowed to keep the Shabbos. According to most, uh, definitely Allah Lamaisa. So why not? This is something which is L'chayr Negeitim. And this is the, the question that the Rebbe is going to address, that why specifically is Shabbos considered uh, an ois? And this, is, this question is, is, is based is mostly on the Medrash, uh, I should point out, L'chayr, what it seems like. Because the Medrash is the one that says it's an ois. So the question is, why, why is Shabbos an ois? Why is this something which is between Hashem and the Jewish people? Uh, according to the Rashi and the Rambam, it could be, easily, you know, somewhat more understood. According to Rashi, at least definitely the other six days of the week could be understood because of nothing to do with the Shabbos at all. And even this, that they're not keeping it on Shabbos is not because they don't have the concept of the Shabbos, it's because Hashem doesn't want them to rest for whatever reason, which we'll get to later in the Sikh, but Hashem doesn't want them to rest. So there's a separate reason why not. According to the Rambam, during the other six days of the week, they're not allowed to do it because of the Mechadosh Das. And on Shabbos, he actually doesn't say what well, doesn't give a reason why not. He just quotes the Gemara. So maybe the Rambam is not so clear why on Shabbos itself are they not allowed to keep it. Is it because of the reason of Rashi, because it has to be Menucha, or is it the reason of, of the Medrash, because of the idea that it's ice between Hashem and the Jewish people for Shabbos itself. Okay, but either way, the question is definitely on the Medrash. Bukhar also could be on the Rambam, if you get to Shabbos. And also, even Rashi, for Shabbos itself, why would they not, why would they prohibit it to, to, to rest on Shabbos, uh, this is something which is negate them. Why, even if there's a reason of menucha, they're not supposed to have a day of menucha, but this is something which is relevant for them. So, but still, we know that they're not allowed to. Okay, so to understand this, we need to look at the concept of uh, and understand that better. So when you understand how it fit, what exactly what it was, what it was at least in, um, I don't know, but what exactly happened there, then we could go back to the halachic aspects to it. So what we see is that Layish Vaisu gave a certain kiyam, a taikif to the world. Before 
the, the time of the model. Of course, the world could be destroyed by Harai. There was the model. Masha Enkin, after the model, when Hashem made this bris of Loyish Baisu, after the model, it's impossible for Hashem to destroy the world because he made a shavua. He swore that he never would. So there's a keem in the world that now can never be destroyed. Even if we did chatayim and sins, just like the Anshe Mabel did, nonetheless, the world would stay uh, in existence. So it has a certain strength that it didn't have before the Mabel. But on the other hand, we also see that there was a chalishas in the world. Because before the Mabel, we know, as the Ramban brings, that they lived very long lives. Well, they brought, lived very, very long lives. But after the Mabel, the, 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 the lifespan became much, much shorter. So this is interesting. On one hand, we're seeing that the Mabel was Loish place who gave a strength within the world itself. On the other hand, we're seeing that the world is becoming weaker. So, so understand this by realizing that the difference between before the Mabel and after the Mabel is that before the Mabel was the idea of El Yoyim, that everything was Mitzah HaShem created the world. It was Mitzah HaChesed HaShem. While after the Mabel, it was mitzvah, the world is how it is mitzvah, mitzvah, our own abayda, as we'll explain. So let's look at what Hashem made that bris. So Hashem made a bris, and what is he set as the bris to, to symbolize the bris? The symbol of the bris is the satis anan bekeshes. I'm going to bring, put the anan into the, uh, I'm going to put, sorry, the satis akeshes, the anan, I'm going to put the keshes into the cloud. So the question that the Mephorshim asks is, that the L'chayra catches this is a natural phenomenon, that when the rays of the sun hit the cloud, they refract and, and they create the rainbow. So L'chayra, this is a natural phenomenon which would have always been around. So what does it mean that Hashem put the, the rainbow in the cloud after the Mabal? That was something which, which always would have been around. So some Mephorshim want to answer that Yannick Hanami is always around. And what, but what, what it means is that Hashem is going to designate the rainbow as the sign. The rainbow always was around, but now Hashem is designating the rainbow as the symbol that whenever you see that rainbow as the symbol, this is the symbol that the world could have been destroyed because of the sins, but Hashem will never destroy it because he made the Shua not to. But, of course, that doesn't fit so well because the Pashtas is, it says, Nesati. I put it there, which it sounds like it wasn't there before. So others explain, like the Ben Ezra, that the Keshes was a new phenomenon that, happened, that, that was created after the Mabal. And he explains, because before the Mabal, the atmosphere was too thick, was too coarse, and therefore the rays of the sun would not have been able to refract with the, against the cloud and be able to create a rainbow. Masha'inkin, after the Mabal, the air became more edel, became more thin, and therefore the rainbow was able to be created. Uh, maybe a dogma of this is like a, even after a rainstorm, but let's say there was also a sandstorm, so there's the sand all you know in the air, there, a, a rainbow won't be able to be created because of all the sand which is uh, you know in the air. So it has to be somewhere where, where it's just a, more able, more thin. The air is clear, then the rainbow is able to be created. That's even nowadays. So what the Ibn Ezra is saying that before the Mabal, the whole earth was a much more thicker type of substance, the air. Masha'inkin became edel after the Mabal. And this is also how it was Baruchnius. In Baruchnius, the world was more grub, but after the Mabal, the world became much more able. And that's why the symbol is the Keshes, because the Keshes is the sign that the world has become more able, that the world has become purified. And therefore, uh, the, the Keshes is able to be formed. So when you see that Keshes, 
that shows us that the world is able and we're able to return to Hashem, we're able to do tshuva. Before the Mabal, we wouldn't have been able to do tshuva because of the coarseness of the world. And after the, the Mabal, because of the refinement, we are, are able to do tshuva, meaning like this. Before the Mabal, the creation of the world, was it says, the world was created in a complete way. For example, we know that it says, Ela told us, it says, it told us, always in Torah, always appears without a vav, except for two places. By parrots, Ela told us parrots, which has to do with Mashiach, and also before they, they sinned, before the sin of Adam Rishon, Ela told us. Because after Adam Rishon sinned, it always has the word told us without a vav. So the vav being taken out of the word, it's because of Adam, when he sinned, he lost six things that he had earlier. He lost uh, the, 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 the ray of it, the, the shine, he lost the years of his life, etc. So we see that the world was created in a complete way. Another thing that we see in the world is that Adam and Chava were created when they were 20 years old. It says that they were made Afar Hadama. So the word Afar also comes from the word Oifer, Oifer Hayali, which means a young, uh, a young deer. So it means that they were created as young individuals. Like uh, someone who, and the measure says that Oifer means someone who's 20 years old, that fully formed, young, but fully formed, like someone who's 20 years old. So you see the world was created in, in a complete way. But that's only how it is inside the world. Meaning that Shem's energy, which is put into the world, was put into in a complete way. But the earth itself wasn't, didn't deserve it or work for it or was on that level really to absorb it on the road. To give a marshal for this concept is that, let's say you have a teacher, and the teacher is an extremely bright teacher, so he explains things to his students, and he explains things to his students on his own level. So he gives a shear, and it's an amazing shear with amazing ideas, and the students write it down, they memorize it, and they know this, the idea extremely well. So what they have is, they can come up with that, like similar ideas on their own. You know, the teacher could come up with one of these classes once a week. They cannot, but they can record it, they can re repeat it, they can understand it, they can enjoy it, but they cannot come up with it on their own. So that was similar to the Dora Mabal. They're able to appreciate, to a certain extent, all the great, amazing things that Shem put into the world, but they weren't able to come up with it on their own. So what was their Avaida? The Rebbe does not say this specifically, but just extrapolating from this idea, to understand, uh, you know, this isn't the insure, so uh, everyone else, you know, you can give your own ideas, but how I understood it means is just like a teacher gives the student these concepts. So what's the student supposed to do with it? He's supposed to understand it, try to apply it to his life, uh, you know, make summaries of it, uh, maybe give mashalim for these concepts, make it more realistic to, for him, teach it to other people. I think of it maybe even like a way of like the Rebbe. The Rebbe has given us directives and amazing ideas. So part of our job is to give over those directives to others, to make it relevant to our life, to make summaries for it, to put it into other types of words, to explain it. No, but, but it's all taking from the source and uh, enhancing it, basically enhancing it to, to a certain extent, but not actually making anything new. So that's how it was before the Mabal. So when they sinned, they weren't able to actually do tshuva, the Rebbe says the Lashon of Kolkach, so much. They were not able to be la'aloi. They weren't able to do tshuva, and they weren't able to be la'aloi, ulezakech kolkach, so much. What does that mean? It means is that they got certain messages, certain ideas from Hashem, but when they sinned, they brought the world to a lower and lower level. So as they got lower and lower, 
what they were able to accomplish with much less. Let's go back to the muscle of the teacher. So let's say you have the, the teacher and he gives you an idea. Right? So if you follow the ideas and you enhance it, fantastic. But as you start misinterpreting it and changing it and ruining it, as time goes on, you're just, you know, assuming you don't have the teacher anymore to ask to start up from the beginning, you're just making the idea worse and worse and worse until you completely forget the idea. And that's what happened to Dormabel, that it came to a certain point of time by the Dormabel that they completely lost the idea, lost the R, and they weren't able to enhance in any way because they completely destroyed it. Therefore, it says the Ha'ar Tzmal Echamas, they had to be destroyed at that point. So until the point of the Mabel, they still had some ability to be able to enhance it, even if it's was gotten a lot, lot worse, but they had something that they were able to hands. Once they reached the door of Mabel, they had nothing left at that point in time. Um, you know, maybe, maybe a muscle of this was the, the idea of the Rambam rights. So the Rambam rights is the idea of Avoid Zara, that how Avoid Zara had a certain history of how it got worse and worse. Like initially, they believed Hashem worked, had, had like partners, worked through the Mazal. So he gave the Mazalists different jobs and Hashem told them what to do. You know, then eventually, you know, he kind of left them. He just gave them the jobs and kind of left them and, and to just figure it out themselves. And eventually, as generations went on, they totally forgot that Hashem even actually gave them the powers. Hashem completely left the world. And then it's, they forgot about Hashem and there only were the stars that had these powers. So there was a certain type of hashtalshul of what was going on from the time that they believed in Hashem and knew what was the MS. And slowly the MS kept on getting somewhat perverted and somewhat diluted that they believed in Hashem, but he had the Shittuf or they, and then within Shittuf themselves, there's many different levels of how involved is Hashem until eventually they completely forgot about Hashem. Fine. So, so that's what happened to the Mabal. So what happens after the Mabal is, we're saying the world is becoming Muzuchach, the world is refined. That means Hashem, this is the idea that Hashem put into the world that Mitzidam, it's not the world itself, now it has the capabilities, it has the Kayach, that it could become refined, that it can have uh, a way to elevate itself and come up higher to Hashem. It's not completely relying on the or on, on the or that Hashem initially put into the world. And whatever that, once that's gone, it's over. Rather, they were able to figure it out on their own. They're able to come up with their own ideas. A muscle of this could be, again, the Rebbe doesn't bring it, but a muscle could be Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu wasn't taught about Hashem. He was taught about Avaydazar and Ivis. But Avram Avinu on his own was able to figure out Hashem. At the age of three, he figured out to one level. At the age of four, he reached a higher level to eventually have Hashem revealed himself to him. So we see that Mitzad, the world itself, they were able, there were individuals that were able to come to Hashem. So that shows that the world itself was uh, more refined. So this would be maybe, going back to the Mashallah teacher, this would be like a Mashallah teacher that gives the students the, the tools to make his own class. Like he gives them the tools of how to learn on his own. So the student will come up with his own classes, with his own ideas. His ideas won't be close to the same level as his Rebbe's. The Rebbe's is going to be genius level. The student will be a regular level. But, but, but he has the rules. He has the tools. He's able to come up with things on his own. It will be his ideas. It will be Tayyarat Saif. And that's why, by after the Mabal, to go back to the original point, of after the Mabal, we're saying that the world will never be destroyed. Lo Yishbaisu. On the other hand, they didn't live as long. So the reasoning is, the reason why the world will never be destroyed is because Mitzad, the world itself, it now has this kayak, it has this capability to always elevate itself, to always bring itself higher to Hashem. Not like after the, before the Mabal, 
once that or was gone, once the Ratzon and Hashem was completely hidden, Hashem created the world for a purpose. Once that Ratzon, that chesed that Hashem had for the world, he had a certain desire, was impossibly being accomplished because the people had reached such a level that they were unable to uh, be mild of the world in any way. Therefore, they had to be destroyed because they, they couldn't do anything. We always have that capability. Hashem gave us the, the tools that we're always able to come to Him to a certain degree. But on the other hand, that's also why we don't live as long. Because it's, it's, it's our ideas, it's our way of connecting to Hashem. So that's why you see these two aspects. On one hand, it will last forever because it's ours. We have it. It's not coming from an external source. An external source giving us an idea. If that external source leaves or gets cut off from us, then we have nothing. Rather, it's coming from within. Within ourselves, we have that capabilities. It's part of who we are. But the other hand, since it's only who we are, it's only how great we are, how much power and energy that we were able to develop, that's how much, um, that's how, that's, that's how much we're able to accomplish. And that also symbol is symbol, symbolic in how long we will live because the energy that we have is energy that's coming because of what we deserve. Right? So it's because of our own invited. Therefore, it's much more limited. How it would have been before the Mabah. And the Rebbe connects this to the idea of Ani Havai Leishnisi. He says, when, after the Mabal, we are a keli to that concept of Ani Havai Leishnisi. Hashem does not change. So since we're able to always come back to Hashem, that's why Hashem makes this Shavua that it'll never be destroyed. And he connects it to the Ar, to the idea of Davin HaMelech. We know that Davin HaMelech, the Gemara tells us that Davin HaMelech sinned twice. Shaul only sinned once. But nonetheless, Shaul loses the Malchus, while David doesn't, even though he'd sinned two times. Why is that? So Chassidus explains. The reason is because Shaul was picked as a Melech because of his qualities. His Chachma, his Bina, his Das, his Midas. He had fantastic qualities, and because of those qualities, he was chosen. But once he sinned, and he wasn't at that level anymore, therefore the Malchus wasn't, he wasn't deserving of the Malchus anymore, therefore it was removed from him. Mash'en King, David, the reason why he got the Malchus wasn't because of the qualities that he had, rather it's because he was symbolic of the idea of Malchus. And we know that Malchus is Noitz Chalas Mesaifan. So Malchus is connected to the Malchus the Ein Saif. It's connected to the essence of Hashem. And this fits what we were talking about. Because the idea of Malchus ultimately is, Malchus has nothing on its own, but it's also the Mashpia to everything which is lower. So Malchus has that Bithel, that it's able to take ideas, but it makes it his own. Malchus takes those ideas and brings it to the next individual. He's able to take those and give it to others. He becomes, he becomes based Malchus' idea of leadership, in other words. He becomes a leader. He takes what is there before, and he becomes a leader, and he gives it to the next generation. He gives it, Malchus Latils gives it to Chachma uh, Debriah. The idea is that it's taking the ideas and being able to make it his own in such a way that it actually becomes a, a sec, like a second creation. It's so much his own idea, it becomes a, a yesh. From Malchus Latils to to Chachma Debriah, there's already an Imi of Yeshma'ayin over there. It's something which is new that's being created. That's within the Koyach of Malchus. There's a Koyach, and the way how Malchus has that power is because Malchus itself is connected to the Ein Saif. Uh, that was last week's Sicha, Malchus has within it the Koyach of Ein Saif, and therefore it's able to create Yeshma'ayin. So Malchus is, is, is connected to the Ein Saif, and this is connected to the idea of Ania violation So Ayyeh is, in a sense, a leader like Hashem is. We're connected to that. So just like Hashem, uh, is Ani violation Shanisi. Hashem is the true uh, leader. Hashem is the true that what, what, who is able to come up with new ideas. He's able to be Mashiach. And Hashem is never changing. Therefore, the Yid that's able to connect to that 
through his level of Malchus, I shouldn't say he, after the Mabal, in general, the world was in the level of Malchus. The world was on a level of Malchus. That means the world was able to connect to Hashem, was able to connect to this union of Ein Saif. And therefore, it is able to come up with uh, new ideas. And therefore, it was a Kli. It had already a capability to this idea of Aniel violation. It was connected to the essence of Hashem. And therefore, it would last, just like Hashem is never changing, also the world will be never changing, meaning that it will always be. It will not be destroyed. So with this, we could now uh, jump back to, now we can jump back to the original questions that we had in the Sikha. The original questions is, let's go to the, at least the question on the Medrash is, why is it that the ice of Shabbos is only for you, not for Goyim? The Chayra, the Goyim also have, the, the Goyim also have to believe in Chidosh Ayla. So, so to understand this, we have to understand a bit more what the idea of Shabbos and the difference between Shabbos and the weekdays are. So Moral uh, asks a question. The Moral asks, why is it that we make a zecher of that Hashem, of Chidosh Ha'olam, dafka by resting on Shabbos? Why don't we make a zecher by doing some malacha every single day of the week? Every day of the week, you've got to do malacha. And that will also remind us during the six days of the week that Hashem worked. Hashem did something. Why is it from not doing anything? So he explains is because by doing something, when you're working, when you're constantly moving, that means it's not complete. Right? When, when you're working on something, there's movement, there's energy. When does the energy, energy stop? When does the movement stop? Once that item is complete. So when Hashem created the world, Hashem created it. During the six days, there was movement. It was not complete. But on Shabbos, it was finally complete. So it was nishlam. So the reason why we rest on Shabbos is because when you're resting, that shows that there was work that was done earlier, and now that work is complete, and you're able to rest. So really on Shabbos, uh, and, and as explained in Chassidus, there's two aspects to it. There's the resting from the work that you did uh, during the week, and there's also the idea that the work that you did on the week is completed. So you have these two reasons of pleasure, is the rest from the work, and also the rest that you're enjoying, from that you're able to appreciate that you finished what you were supposed to finish. There's a certain, the, the Gemar HaMalacha, but anyways, the point that, that, that's being brought up right here is the idea of, of um, that the work, the, the Shabbos the idea of, is, is the idea of rest, that it's completed everything which was, was, which was done earlier. Masha'ink in the days of the week is showing how things are not complete. Things are, are, are constantly being worked. Being, being, you have to work on them. So therefore, based on that, a guy is connected to this world how it is after the Mabal. After the Mabal, as we said, the world is in a way how it is mitzad that there's a certain potential within the world, but it's a potential which comes specifically from the world. The potential that's in the world on its own is the idea of work, constantly coming up with new ideas, developing ideas, but it's working with the tachtayim. There's movement. The world is not complete. We have to come up with things in the world. The tachtayim on their own do not have that shleim. There's always work for us to do because ultimately, this world is a limited world, and ever much we work, there's always going to be more stuff that can be accomplished. And therefore, a guy, he is not allowed to rest because that's his job. His job is to be part of the Tachtayim and to develop the Tachtayim. If a guy would rest, what does that mean that he's resting? What does it mean that he's making a Shabbos? What he's mean that he's making a Shabbos is that he's trying to reach a level of 
which is higher than what the world is. He's trying to reach a level which is not really his purpose. The purpose of the world, as we're saying, is, is to develop the world inside itself. That's what Hashem wanted after the novel, that we're developing the world as it is on its own, what we're able to come up with. When you're resting, what does that mean? That means you're leaving the world and you're trying to focus on something which is higher than the world. But that's not the purpose. That's not the purpose Hashem said. He says, He doesn't want that. He wants the world has to become a better place. It shouldn't be like how it was, uh, you know, how it was before the Mabel in, in a certain way that it's all mitzad de It has to be mitzad de So a guy is unable to accomplish that. A yid, on the other hand, a yid is made up of el yoinim intatachtainim. A yid's purpose is to connect this world as it's a tachtain with the elyon as the elyon is elyon. Therefore, we know that um, we said before, before, before the Mabel was el yoinim, after the Mabel was tachtainim, and then when other, but Avram Avinu actually was 48 years old, that's when the 2,000 years of Torah began. So when the Shnei Apayim uh, of Torah began, that was the period of preparation for Matan Torah itself. So Matan Torah itself was the complete connection of El Yain of The preparation started by Avram Avinu when the 2,000 years of Torah began. And one of, that's why, this also explains why Yitzchak was born Dafka when Avram was 100 and Tsar was 90. Because he wanted to, in a sense, Combine El Yoyim because on one hand, it was after the Mabel, um, but on the other hand, other Atzara, uh, it, it was after the Mabel in the sense that they lived, you know, much less years uh, from lived to one seventy-five. But on the other hand, they gave birth to a child the same type of years when they would have given birth before the Mabel. Before the Mabel, we always see that they were giving birth eighty years old, one hundred years old, one hundred fifty years old, whatever the years were. They were much older when they started giving birth. So Avram Avinu gave birth to Yitzchak at a much greater age, similar to how they would give birth to people before the Mabel. But on the other hand, they were after the Mabel, also the years were much less like the people who were after, the Nesmaid Bahilak. And the Rebbe says, even from Avram to Noyach, they lived longer amounts of years. Once, Adam, Adam, once we reached the time of Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu, the years got even much, much less than even how it was until the times of, until his time. Like Teref, I think, lived four or 500 years. Um, Mashenke and Avram Avinu became less and less and less. So it shows on that siruf, that chibur of the two opposites. And that's what Yitzchak was born. He was the first yid. He had to be born from a tukufa which had both within it. And that was the preparation for Matan Torah when there would be that complete chibur. So a yid, when he rests on Shabbos, he's able to accomplish both aspects of it. That on one hand, he's able to rest on Shabbos. But he's bringing the Shabbos, the Kedusha Shabbos, into the world itself. So when a Yid rests on Shabbos, what he's doing is he's taking the Kedusha, which is Hacker from the Bell, and he's bringing it into the world uh, down here. So let's explain this concept in a little deeper way. We know that Hashem created the world with his Dibur, that the Sarabars Nebraha Within the Asar Mamaris that Hashem created, the world with, of course, there's a machshab, there's, there's a purpose, there's a kavana of why he wanted the world to be created. And on Shabbos, that machshava returns to its source. That machshava is revealed, meaning like this. For example, let's give an example. Let's say you have a wedding coming up. And for that wedding, you're making special, you know, special souvenirs, special uh, souvenirs for that wedding. So during, you know, it's going to take you a few months to make. So you're working on those souvenirs, you're making the pottery and you're coloring it and you're an artist and you're doing all the things that are there. 
when you're actually in the middle of doing the work, what you're focusing on, the reason why you're doing it, of course, is for the wedding. But what you, which, when you're actually working on it, your focus is in actually making the cleave. Like I'm making the red, I'm putting some blue here and trying to make it nice. The purpose is hidden to a certain extent. When you're looking at the cleave, you don't see what the purpose is. Rather, the purpose is somewhat hidden within the action that's being done. Right, so if you think about it, yes, you might be able to perceive the purpose, but when you're actually working, you're not thinking about the purpose, rather the purpose is hidden within the act that you're doing, that, which I think is clear. When you're eventually finished that souvenir that you're gonna be making for this wedding, and you come to the wedding, then you stop doing your work, and then you're able to look at the, at the souvenir, or you put it up you know, on the pedestal, and that souvenir reminds the chas and the kala, whatever it was supposed to remind them of, and there's a big joy that's being brought. So at that point, the machshava is revealed, right? So during, while you're actually working, the purpose is hidden within what you're doing. Once you stop working and the day has arrived, the purpose of this kli has, has now become to fruition and we're able to appreciate what that is. So that's similar to Shabbos. During the seven, six days of the week you're working, yes, there's a purpose to make this world a dir b'tachtayim. It's, it's to bring you Moïse Mashiach. When you eventually reach Shabbos, and of course, uh, Shabbos, when Mashiach comes, uh, the ultimate Shabbos, then it becomes revealed what all that purpose was. But when you actually think of it for a moment, when you look at that clay, if you're a bystander and you don't know the family history, you don't know who these people are, you just see the clay, do you see the purpose of that clay? Let's say you're just the craftsman that was hired to make it. You could be the craftsman, even the craftsman that made it. But you don't understand what the purpose is. So you could be working on it, but you, don't, you never will be able to see the machshava because you do not know the deeper relationship, what's going on over here. So that's similarly the idea of how a yid approaches Shabbos in the guy. When a yid approaches Shabbos, when he reaches the Shabbos, he's able to see within that vargashmi what the spiritual purpose was. While a guy, when he approaches the, uh, the Shabbos, when he or approaches the wedding, he could see the object, but he doesn't know what the deeper purpose is. So for him, he's never able to connect the gashmi to the ruchni. He's not able to put those two things together. Um, and therefore, it's interesting. Oh, you know what? Let's, let's hold it there. Fine. So to go back to what we were saying. So when a Yid reaches Shabbos, since there's always that ability that within the Yid itself, there gives a few examples of where you can see how the spirit, the El is able to affect even his physical body. So a few examples that he gives us is one idea is that Amarat's in Meshach, the Shabbos is a rule that Amarat, you're able to ask certain questions, I believe on Demai, because, because of the spirituality of Shabbos that has an effect on him and subconsciously he's more prone to tell the truth. So he will not lie on Shabbos because it changes him. Another example that everybody gives is that the Orpan of Shaladim, the face of a person, has an extra shine on Shabbos. Uh, the rabbi brings in the Mithil Rabbah that he wrote, writes that uh, from, from, from a scientist that when a Yid's pulse is taken on Shabbos, the pulse is a different type of pulse than the rest of the week because of the oinig, the pleasure, oinig ha'atzmi that a Yid has on Shabbos, his, his pulse is a different type of pulse. Meaning is that the Kedusha of Shabbos actually has a change within the physical body of Yid. So the idea is that the Yid, it's not that he's a Neshama and a Guf and Hashem by Matan Torah, in other words, gave us the, the capability that the Neshama and the Guf becomes one. Therefore, we're able to appreciate the Shabbos that we're able to internalize it and it becomes one with us. We're able to bring the, the Ruchnius 
the, the, the higher machshava within the gashmi itself. So now let's go back. Now we, I think we can understand why a goy is not able to do Shabbos according to the different interpretations. Let's start with the Rambam. So the Rambam wrote that a goy is, is not allowed to have Shabbos, do Shabbos even during the other days of the week because a goy is not allowed to be mechadish das ba'atzmai. So what's the concept over there? A goy, by making a das, what is he trying to do? By a goy making a religion, he's trying to reach spirituality. He's trying to reach Hashem. But a goy is unable to reach Hashem in a way that a yid could, that he's able to combine al yoyin v'tachtayin. So what are the goyish religions? I think this is true if you look at probably most of them, is that it's always about leaving the world to a certain extent. It's like separating for the world, making yourself more uh, separate, like a monk that leaves the world, that doesn't speak, that, you know, doesn't get married, that, that type of relationship. But that's not what Hashem wants. He's going to be mechadish das, but the das that you're going to be mechadish is going to be, so you're making a Shabbos, but the Shabbos that you have is not really the purpose of the Shabbos. The purpose of Hashem's Shabbos is not just a day of rest, but rather it's a day of rest that the Kli is finished and you're able to enjoy the Kli. But a Goy is unable to do that, therefore he's not able to make a Das La'atzmai. This also explains the Medrash, that it's a it's an ice between Hashem and the Jewish people. It's like someone who's passing between the king and, and his queen. This is a relationship that, that only the Yidin have, because we're able to have that relationship of making a Dirv like the king and the queen that are together. We're able to come together and have that relationship. Adel Yoyinim and Tatachtayim are able to be together. The Goy coming in between, he's again, uh, as the Rebbe puts it, he, he's, he, he's, he's switching his mission. He's destroying the Tachtayim. The Tachtayim had a certain mission of being, coming, being developed inside the Tachtayim, and he's switching his job to something to be on the El Yoyinim, and, and that, in a sense, is, is destroying the Tachtayim because he's not, because you know, he's supposed to be in the Tachtayim and he's doing a different type of job of, of leaving the world, then the Tachtayim itself is not getting what it needs to get. And then finally, we also have Rashi. Rashi says they're not have Menucha. Again, it's the same concept. Menucha shows on completion, on Shlemus, that you're done, therefore you can rest. A guy can never be done because he can never reach that level of Shlemus that the El is coming into Tachtayim. Shlemus is that when you reach the Shabbos and all your work is done, therefore the Shlemus of Shabbos is able to and that's why Rashi also brings um, that uh, it says Hashem finished on the seventh day. What did he finish on the seventh day? He finished everything on the sixth days. He says, no, what he finished on the seventh day because it was missing the idea of Menucha. When Shabbos came, there came the concept of Menucha. So what does that mean that Menucha came? Because the idea of Menucha is this idea of what we're talking about, this idea of Machshava. This is the, the purpose of the world become, became real. When a person rests, it's not just I'm just not doing anything anymore, but rather the ultimate purpose of resting is that you're able to rest to return to what the purpose was, what the kavan el yoyna is. So that's what menucha is. That when Hashem rested, it means menucha came to the world, that within the world, they were able to experience the kavana, which is in the world. And that's why uh, Agoy is not able to uh, rest on the Shabbos. And this also, just one last point that the Rebbe points out in Ha'ara, is this is also understands why this was dafka after the Mabal was the Zera Layishbaisu was the command. Before the Mabal, they didn't have that decree, it was only after the Mabal. So the reasoning is because according to what we're explaining, before the Mabal, it was all about Elyanim. So everything was about the Elyan, the Avoid of the Elyan. So even if in the physical world itself, you wouldn't have been able to reveal this high level, you know, you would have been able to see the Gashpis of the world, and then you can have an individual that's living an aesthetic type of life. Uh, like a spiritual type of life. He's not changing the world, but he's living a spiritual life. So that would have been okay from before the Mabal because 
the purpose of the world at that point every, uh, was Eliyayim. But after the Mabal, where everything became about the Tachtainim, then, uh, then Hashem makes the decree of Loish places that they're not allowed to, uh, then they're not allowed to rest. That's as the Rebbe says, the last paragraph, Therefore, a guy is not allowed to bring into them the Inyan of Beligvul and to their Metzias of Shabbos. While thus is the steer to take a Metzias from Velt, because this is a contradiction to the strong identity of the world, which comes from the essence of Hashem. Because the world, this that we have an identity, we have our own Kaychas, we have our own capabilities, that comes from Aniyah Vayelashanisi. When you Say, you know what, I'm not, I'm going to completely leave the world. I'm not going to use my ingenuity to change the world. What you're doing is you're destroying the Aniyah Hashem gave you a gift that you could be able to be a leader, that you're able to affect the world, able to change the world, you're able to do something in this world. So you're living a higher aesthetic, uh, spiritual type of life. What you're using is you're, you're, you're wasting your gift. And rather, what are you doing? You're trying to reach higher levels which aren't really relevant to you. So that means that you're going to be on a madriga which is unable to relate to the day-to-day life. Therefore, um, you can't be a monk and at the same time be in this world. You could be a monk or you could be in this world. You can't do both. For the model, you could have been a monk, but after the model, you're not allowed to be. You have to be in the world. Ayid, though, has that capability, on Shabbos, especially on Shabbos, to have both. That he could be know the ultimate kavanas of Hashem, but at the same time, he's able to be part of this world. That he's able to affect the world. He's able to be involved in the dirt and the mud of this world during the six days of the week, and he's able to work and develop it. And then when Shabbos comes, he's able to reveal the higher purpose. He's able to have that Aliyah Sa'ilams. He's able to see the, the ultimate purpose of the world. That's that concept of Aliyah Sa'ilams, that the world itself is becoming higher. That's also the idea of the Nisham Yisir, which is given to the Yid, that the Yid has this extra awareness uh, of spirituality within his body, which he doesn't have during the week.